770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, News Talk of North Alabama. Phil Williams, host of Right Side Radio. Glad to be with you going into uh, the, the, the bottom half of our second hour. Hey, listen, it has been a great show so far, and we're going to have a guest come on in a minute that, I, um, that I've known for a number of years and, and, and really enjoyed working with. Before I get to that, though, i got to tell you guys, you keep hearing these ads, I'm sure, about Otter Creek Farm. I hope you're beginning to recognize there's a place in Alabama that is one of the best-kept secrets in, in, in the southeast. I mean, they've been in Garden and Gun magazine. They have been, uh, I believe, in, in, in Wedding Magazine, Alabama Wedding Magazine. They, they, Donald Trump Jr. stayed there uh, not long ago. This place is top-notch. So ottercreekfarmstead.com is where you can find out more about them. They've got a thing going on right now. Charlene and I went out there just recently and, and had dinner. It was a five-course dinner with gourmet chefs. They did a wine pairing with each course. I am not that sophisticated. I was overly impressed, but it was also really great. And it was a good time with my, my sweet wife who enjoyed a, a night out doing something that's beyond what we would normally expect. OtterCreekFarmstead.com. You can find out more. They will take care of you. And these folks are wonderful out there. Hey, listen, I am proud to bring on a friend of mine uh, right now, uh, somebody who I believe is a friend uh, to uh, the show. Uh, Representative Terry Collins uh, has a marketing degree from the University of Alabama. She has a long um, uh, career in in banking, uh, was with First American Bank at one point, and then uh, she uh, elected to the House of Representatives in 2010 when I was also elected to the state Senate. She serves District 8, which is from the Decatur area, and, uh, and she's also the chair right now, if I'm not mistaken, of the House Education Ways and Means Committee. So let me just go ahead and, and, and bring on uh, my friend, uh, State Representative Terry Collins. Terry, how are you today? I'm fine, Phil. I'm fine. I actually chair education policy. Education and policy. I I'm sorry. serve on education ways and means. So I should clarify that to start with. <laughs> well, maybe it was a coup. Maybe you just took over the committee just today and they didn't even know it. That, <laughs> that could be happening. Hey, listen, I, I thought for a minute there I heard seagulls in the background. Are you at the beach, Terry? Is that where you are right I now? I am. I'm at a conference, and we got off for a few hours this afternoon, and um, I was trying to keep that a secret, but yes, I am. <laughs> well, apparently I just blew your secret. Uh, yeah, but, you uh, did. Yeah, you did. Hey, listen, um, Representative Collins, you have been known as an education advocate for a number of years. Um and, and here we are right now. I've been framing the, the discussion today on today's show. Uh, by the way, can you believe they gave me a microphone? I mean, go figure. <laughs> I've got them. But nonetheless, I've been framing think, the discussion today. I think I've today. spoken with you on the phone before. You, you may have, but I was hosting somebody else's show when that happened. You were hosting um, someone else's show, yes. Yeah, now, now I've got one. I can, I can sort of call my own. But, hey, listen, uh, Terry, the, the education and socialism, those two things have been – the crux of today's show and sometimes though okay. they're intertwined and and uh but one of the things that, that deeply concerns me and i think concerns a lot of our listeners is the fact that just in the last year year and a half the national education rankings came out the naep we call it and it ranked alabama as now last in the nation for education and and what are we what in in your opinion based upon your chairmanship upon your time in the state legislature and looking forward Besides just spending money on it, which I would argue all day is not the solution, what can we do differently that we're not already doing? Well, I think one of the things, Phil, and I always like to point this out, is that I'm not sure when that data was collected that they're basing that most recent judgment upon. Some of the things that we've done over the last um, several years 
I think are actually moving education forward. I mean, as you know, a couple of years ago, uh, we passed the Literacy Act, and it's getting national renown, and and we've seen the results of it from Mississippi, who have now passed the national average in their students' reading achievement. So I know that we're going to be able to have those same results in Alabama, and I'm actually anxious to see how even this year's testing results come out. Well, I would too, especially after a COVID year when schools were so negatively impacted by, you know, shutdowns and and shift to virtual overnight almost, and 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 it was very disruptive. I mean, let's let's just go ahead and, and clarify that regardless of whether a school did well with it or not, there was still at least some form of inter- disruption into the usual curriculum and the in the means by oh, which it was taught. Definitely, definitely true. I think, and not even just last year, but the year before. You know, basically, schools got out around spring break and never went back. And a no, lot of did. schools were You're not right. even prepared virtually for the end of that year. They got better prepared by the following year. Some of our schools, though, kind of, you know, they got back normally. So it is going to be very interesting data to review. And one of the things I was really excited about was that 93% of our students took the testing. So we're going to have a really good baseline data. And I'm hoping that some of those things, like you asked in your question, that we've done, like making sure we have computer science in every single high school and then every single middle school and then every single elementary. Those things that we implemented and began to implement a few years ago, I believe we'll start seeing results from some of those things. We've well, had great professional development in math for our teachers for the last two or three years. So I think we're moving in a good direction. It's just, it's a big ship to turn around. Well, it is a big ship to turn around. And, and Terry, I'll be honest with you, like I was looking back through API's archives. So in, in November of 2015, yeah, no, 2014, November 2014, we wrote about the NAEP scores. Dr. John Hill from API wrote about it. And we had slipped to 40th. And just five years later, I wrote one in the exact same month, exactly five years later, and we had slipped all the way to 50th. Um, now, yeah. one of those categories is math, for instance. We're 52nd right. in math, according to the NAEP, which means that we're behind not just all 50 states or the other 49 states, but we're also behind uh, the, the you know Puerto Rico and Puerto the Rico. Department of Defense yes. schools overseas. And that's a difficult situation right. to recognize you're beyond 50. No, it truly is. It's heartbreaking, which is why I think we've done some of these other steps. You know, a few years ago, we passed the STEM Council, and they're working to get the best professional development for our teachers out there. I think that we're making some changes. Are we doing it as fast as I wish we were? No, but we're doing it, and we're moving in a good direction. And I'm hoping we'll see that. I know when you talk to me about... um, coming on today, you actually mentioned about school choice. Absolutely. And that's one of the things, you would call it school choice, that we had so many opportunities with virtual programs within our schools and things like that, because that gave parents a choice of going to school or staying home and being a part of a virtual program. But we also, in 2015, passed charter legislation. And it's also been nationally recognized as some of the most accountable 
um, legislation as far as making sure our schools are strong and staying on track. And um, it's just been a slow grow as we move those forward. But every single one, we have five right now, and they're in very um, districts that their schools are not necessarily, their public schools are not as successful. And yet these public schools, these charter public schools, are seeing great success for their students. Well, one of the things that happened this past legislative session, though, Terry, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was even you carrying the bill, is charter schools do not get the same level of funding, even though they're a public school, they don't get the same level of funding as the other public schools in the, in the, the districts in which they serve. And, and there was a bill That's to correct. simply allow for level funding of charter schools, and it did not even get passage, if I'm not mistaken, through the, uh, the procedural processes of the BIR. Correct. No, it did not. It was very um, heartbreaking to me. What happens is that charters get their federal dollars and they get their state dollars. But their local dollars, which even in the legislation would deduct something that was committed to debt or capital improvement or transportation. But they're supposed to be getting the intent of the legislation. I think you were still there in 2015. The intent of the legislation that we passed was that they would get their student per share of those local dollars, too, because those parents are paying those local dollars. Absolutely. Their students, when they choose to go to a charter public school, should have that same access, and that's what we were trying to um, change. And um, I just um, I thought I had the votes at one point, and then... Um, it certainly went south. <laughs> well, it did, and it was unfortunate. And, and, and truthfully, what it also spoke was volumes, not just about that one bill. It spoke about whether there's a will within the body right now for um, the potential for school choice. And when all you're doing is level funding. In the house. Yeah, in the house perhaps. But, in, in, but when all you're doing is literally bringing a bill to level fund a, a charter school, which is also a public school, by the way, with a special charter, then, then how hard is that? And, and yet it didn't happen. So I, I question where we're going next. Listen, we're going to start up uh, queuing up the music here, Copper. We've got a soft break coming up, uh, uh, Terry. If you won't mind hanging through the break, I know you texted me earlier and said you may be free about. for the entire half-hour segment. I want to come back and I want to talk about what can the legislature do next, especially with you in a chairmanship like you have. And, uh, and, and we'll, we'll do that right after the break. Hey, listen, uh, Phil Williams, 770 AM. News Talk 92.5 FM, Right Side Radio, where we're solid, conservative, and just plain right. We're on the phone with uh, State Representative Terry Collins, who serves the Decatur area. She has been doing uh, good work for education, but there's so much more left to do. We're going we're gonna to be asking her some questions about where we go next, and, and how, do we, how do we get ourselves out of the bottom rankings in this nation, and how do we avoid the possibilities of socialism being inflicted upon our students when what they really need is good STEM education so that we can come out of number 50. Listen, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right. You stay tuned. we got more to come.
1170 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN News Talk of North Alabama. Phil Williams, this is Right Side Radio, where we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, we've been having a great couple of hours here. We're going to finish up in a minute with my friend Terry Collins, who's a state representative from Decatur. Before I do that, though, i got to tell you again, if you haven't heard me talk about them, my friends at ZLA Solutions. I say they're my friends because they are. I know these people. I'm advocating for them personally right now. ZLA Solutions is a company that literally, if you're looking for a job, they've got jobs posted right now on their website. If you're an employer looking to hire people, they help you fill the ranks of your workforce. If you need help with your logistics or your management, ZLAUSA.com is their website, and they're doing it for people all over Alabama right now. Employer groups all over the state right now are using ZLA Solutions. They like to say, we don't make it, we just make it better. That's ZLAUSA.com. Check them out. Hey, listen, I'm going to bring back my friend, uh, State Representative Terry Collins, who was elected in 2010, same time I was, and uh, is still in the legislature uh, doing good things. And, and Terry, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions here and lead into our next piece of discussion. We've got about six minutes left or so. Governing Magazine, about a year ago, Governing Magazine reported that 22% of the states in this nation spend less than Alabama does per student, but all of them rank higher than Alabama in their results, according to the NAEP. So money's not the issue. Now, y'all just passed the biggest education budget in the history of the state of Alabama. What, $7.8 billion, I believe? And and, and that being said, what difference does it make? I want to know what we're doing in terms of school choice going forward. With you being in the position you are as a chairman of the Education Policy Committee, what is going to happen in the coming session that says, hey, here's an idea how we can do things different and it does not involve more money? I think it's going to be educating on the importance of using things like a charter public school um, on any option that we have that give parents choices for their children. I think those choices make all of our schools better because they help you compete for those students because they want to do a good job. And so I think while we were doing maybe a better job educating on the importance of that around 2015 and 16, I think that we've had another wave of legislators come in that didn't fight those same battles, that don't understand the importance or that. At this conference I'm at right now, I actually had one of the newer legislators came in and said, He wanted to hear and learn about charter schools because he really didn't know about them. And so maybe educating the legislature the importance and having good data so they can see the difference between that public charter school success for their students versus that same student success in that district where the charter is located. Well, I do think that's important. I think that's a huge deal. And you and I did definitely go through what I would call the teacher union wars where we got elected yeah. in 2010 over the tops of the teachers' union's attempts to keep us from being elected. And then, you know, we just you know, got the, the constant kick in the teeth uh, by members of the teachers' yeah. union who could not believe we did get elected. And then we survived. We made changes. We did things we were proud of. And I do believe there's less oomph right now within the body of the House and Senate to do that because in the last election cycle, a third of the legislature changed out. Um, Right. But, but but that right. said, let me ask and you this. And a lot were, of, were supported by that same, you know, teacher union money. So I do think it's going to be an uphill battle, but it's one I'm willing to fight, and I think it's important. You know, no, I think it's we absolutely had important. people saying we were fighting against teachers, and you know as well as I do, in reality, we were fighting for teachers and for education and for the students. 
Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. With regards to teachers, you know, one of the things that I was really pleased to see was this past year, uh, a member of your delegation, State Senator Arthur Orr, he had a bill that my recollection was it modified tenure. If a teacher was willing to waive tenure, they would get a massive bonus, like a $15,000 pay bump if they would become STEM qualified. Um, Correct. They had to waive it was Donnie to do Kestein it. and Alan Baker, and I was also the house sponsor on that. But, yes, it was called the Teens Act. And so if you um, had already advanced degrees in math and in science and you were teaching in the 6th through 12th grade, that you could opt out and it continued to earn. If you had a national board certification, you got an extra 5000 for that. If you were teaching in a hard-to-teach area, you got an extra 5000 for that. If you, I mean, basically, you could get up to 20000 if you met all of the different steps. Where's that bill now? Is On it going to come back next year? Salary. It's passed. No, the governor signed it. It's passed. That We've was signed. That signed up for it all over the state. So, it's so that really one is the one to recruit outside the state. But right now, it's mainly recruited within the state. Yes. All right, but that's the one. Is that the same one that Arthur Orr was carrying in the Senate? No, Donnie Chastain had it in the Senate. Okay, then there's a separate piece of legislation, and I hope you'll look at it, because the one you're, you're talking about I was aware of, but I believe that Arthur had another one uh, that would go one step further and focus in on getting people STEM qualified who were not always otherwise qualified and bring them into those ranks, because we have a shortage in those ranks, if I recall. Well, and that this is the bill that we designed to do that, and Arthur was very supportive of this because we had to put money in the budget to pay for this. But it is to recruit those math and science teachers. And part of the thing is that they give up that continuing service contractor, that tenure, to participate. Outstanding. Well, State Representative Collins, um, you, you've been doing good work. And, and what I hope to hear in the coming legislative session is that people will hear your voice as a leader among the body for why education reform does not mean education gets more money. It means that education gets reformed because obviously what we've been doing has not always worked. But folks, State Representative Terry Collins from Decatur. And and, and thank you for taking time away from the beach, Terry, to come and talk to us. We appreciate it very much. Well, I actually didn't take it away, so I'm still here. But you call anytime. (laughs) Thank you, All right, Terry. Hey, listen, folks, we are at the top of the hour. It is News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, but the show is Right Side Radio. I'm your host, Phil Williams. We are solid, conservative, and just plain right. We got a whole other hour coming. I got my friend Parker Snyder coming in from Alabama Policy Institute. We're going to talk about what other states are doing to improve their numbers, and we'll be right back after this. WVNN FM Trinity, a cumulus station.